Welcome to the Bike Talk with Dave podcast. I'm your host, Dave Mabel, and I'm glad you're here. My guest today, Evan Hartig, raced on the road through 2022 with the Project Echelon cycling team. He's raced in Europe and in some of the biggest U.S. stage races. In 2017, he stood atop the podium at the Collegiate National Criterium Championships. He went really hard into making a living racing bicycles until he didn't. Last fall, he got a call from the team director informing him that he'd been cut from the team. A half a year later, I ran into him at his new part-time gig of wrenching on bikes at Chain and Spoke Coffee and Bikes, while also continuing his education. In our conversation, I made the comment that trying to earn a living racing bikes must be really hard. Not just because you have to be fast, but because of how hard you have to work to make it work, and sometimes it just doesn't work out. He agreed with me, and so we decided to have a chat about that very subject and record it for the Bike Talk with Dave podcast. So I went back to Chain and Spoke with my recording equipment, had a delicious cup of coffee, and I talked with Evan as he wrapped a pair of handlebars. So you should grab a cup of Chain and Spoke coffee and join us for a discussion of It's Hard to Be a Bike Racer. Evan Hartig, I am stoked to have you on Bike Talk with Dave, and we are kind of in the chain and spoke Bike Talk with Dave studio, and I say kind of because we're actually just outside of that room (laughs) and in the, what do we call this, the shop area? Yeah, service area. Service area of chain and spoke, where you are wrenching on bikes at the moment. Uh, Can I... Struggling with uh, wrapping some bars or beautifully wrapping some bars? <laughs> I would say I would say bar tape is one of my one of my strong suits. Is it? Oh nice. yeah, oh yeah. Do you get the right direction every time? Do you of have course. to think about it? No way, man. Dude, I've been taping bars <laughs> since literally my very first job was in a bike shop, bar bicycle. I was 14 years old, and they stuck us down in the basement. I say us. My um, the reason I got a job there is because I was buddies with the son of the owner. I was 14, he was probably 13, and uh, he was always there, so they hired me to occupy his time at the shop. (laughs) But they stuck us in the basement of Bar Bike, and I built bikes, pulled them out of the box. So I've been taping bars since... Was cloth bar tape back then, probably? There was some cloth, and there was kind of the pre-Bonotto... Or the Schwinn version of Bonotto is a Schwinn shop. It's like the plasticky stuff. Plastic, yeah, yeah, which is now like brittle and hard. Yeah, totally. If it has made it this far. Yes, absolutely. uh, Yeah, wrapped handlebar since. I'm trying to think of the year that would have been. That would have been 64, 74, 78 ish. 77, 78. shop. They were probably. They probably instructed you to build the bikes upside down back then too, right? We did build bikes upside down. Yeah. And we had this cool measuring thing we would put on the stem so that you could figure out where to put the um, uh, brake levers because we had to install the brake levers. Mm -hmm. Had to install everything. Mm -hmm. It was kind of cool. It was a great experience. Absolutely. Uh, And then have water bottle fights with the owner's son, (laughs) (laughs) which was probably most of our time. But anyway, I still have to think about, okay, what direction? Okay, what side? What direction? Anyway, so we are here. I, Evan, you raced, I'm going to say, tried to make it professionally 
on the road. And uh, I remember when you didn't. I'm sure you remember that day too. Do you know the story of how the rest of us found out? I don't actually. This do you, should be interesting. Do you want to? Will I get, <laughs> I do, yeah. will I get Zimmer in trouble? <laughs> no. I don't All right, you so will. you were racing with Project Echelon. You guys were one step below like Continental Team, right? One of the top, Correct. Um, yeah. top teams in the country. Uh, you were mixing it up on all the uh, big stage races here in the States, Redlands, uh, Tour of the Gila. And you, I mean, you're here in Des Moines, Iowa, wrapping handlebars <laughs> as the rest of the team is in New Mexico or mm -hmm. Atlanta, Georgia um, at the... Uh, uh, Speedweek, yep. Yep. Um, and uh, I don't know, it's probably not easy for you. I think we chatted last week and you got a little FOMO, is that right? <laughs> Yeah, I'd say so. It's uh, you know, it's it sort of goes both directions depending on the day. Some days I'm quite grateful for where I'm at right now, and I'm uh, other days it's it's a little bit more difficult. But I'm just trying to be content with my path and and uh, own it. And uh, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. Day day. Well, <laughs> I, you agreed to talk to me about this, and one of the things we want to talk about is how freaking hard it is to make make it riding a bike here in the United States. Yeah. Um, so back to Back to, you were riding with Project Echelon, and uh, you were having dinner with Zimmer. Yeah, and a, food, a couple drink. Other guys. Yeah, it may have been yeah, a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah, there's probably more drink later. <laughs> and you got a phone call, and you, got, you took it during dinner and got up and left. Mm -hmm. And Zimmer says to the other people there, I think Megan and... Uh, Hayek maybe might have been part of that. Yeah, dinner. yeah, I think he's he like, was there. I know what that phone call is about, <laughs> and you came back to dinner in a different mood. Yeah, indeed. and you'd just been released from um, from the team. Is mm -hmm. that right? Yeah, it is. It, it, you know, it was a it was a great run, and I'm exceedingly grateful to that whole organization for all the opportunities I was able to get. Took me over to Europe for my uh, you know racing over there, and you know I kind of came up through the ranks with that team, and. Uh, yeah, a lot of great memories, in, incredible group of people. Um, I can't imagine being on any, any other squad, honestly, just because of the friendships that were forged with those guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we took it from a kind of janky little squad, you know, just operating out of the back of a, an, old <laughs> an old Ford van uh, to, you know, now, now they're, of course, the premier professional squad in the United States. So I, you know, despite not making that jump with them, I am, I, I will take a little bit of credit for the growth and development of the team. <laughs> That's awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that you're able to do that. Yeah, of course. Um, so I want to back up if, if people don't know who Evan Hartig is, um, I want to find like your origin story. I want yeah. to find out your origin story. What got you on bikes? You're from uh, Northeast Iowa. Hill country is indeed, as you say, yeah. um, Dubuque grew up in Dubuque. How'd you start riding? How'd you, how'd you get so dang good that you went over to Europe? Well, honestly, Dave, I, I really just loved riding my bike back in the day. There was really nothing other than that. I uh, had a pretty big backyard and I had a little mountain bike and I just would do laps all day long, you know, and when I had the time, I'd just go out there and, you know, freak my grandma and my mom out, you know, jumping off rock walls and, and stuff like that. But I just couldn't get enough of mountain biking. It was, it was amazing. I just took to it. I think my dad kind of 
saw that I gravitated toward the sport and uh, you know he wanted you know as dads do wanted me to find a, an athletic pursuit um, we, you know. we do like to live vicariously <laughs> through our children that's 100% accurate that's a whole nother conversation for another day man. <laughs> right but uh, yeah it's uh, it just kind of went from there and grew um, ultimately I kind of traded the fat tires for for more road racing and uh, you know, came up through the junior ranks uh, in Iowa, raced a lot in Wisconsin as well. There's a, you know, there was a great um, kind of grassroots junior racing program over with the Wisconsin Cycling Series back in the day. Um, you know, I remember getting like thrashed by, you know, Katie Antino back in the day. Like she would just take it to me, and um, a lot of good athletes came out of that scene. And uh, yeah, it was it was great. Just kind of went from there and grew and developed and. Yeah, to uh, to the point where we're at now. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, um, I got beat by Katie Antonio's dad, so I have that to uh, <laughs> hang sense. my hat on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so from Wisconsin to you're not. I mean, how old are you? Twenty-seven. So you're not like old. No, not so you say back in the day, like I'm talking back in the day, like no, uh, this was this was probably like you know 2006, 2007, 2008 around there. Yeah. So, so I was just you know 12, 13 years old, kind of. I started racing when I was nine and did the mountain bike thing for a couple of years uh, heavily. Um, that's kind of where my skill set developed, I would say, and I'm. I think that those you know th those skills correlate very well across the spectrum of bicycles. It doesn't matter what you're doing, but if you grow up on a mountain bike, you're going to be pretty dang good at everything. I think so. I won't disagree with that. I think it's a great foundation for sure. No doubt. You learn the feel of a bike when it mm -hmm. the rear wheel slips out a little bit. <laughs> or, you know, if things aren't perfect on the road, like mountain biking helps you correct them because you have felt it before. No doubt, yeah. So how'd you end up on Project Echelon? Like what, what was the um, jump to, to that level of racing mm -hmm. for you? Uh, I think the moment, the, the, the kind of crux moment was um, 2017, I won a collegiate criterium nationals in Grand Junction. Um, I was on the Lindenwood University cycling team. Um, and yeah, that, at that moment, I, you know, I kind of went from just dragging my heels and kind of enjoying the sport, but, you know, having a difficult time committing myself fully as a, you know, as a teenager slash, you know, young adult adolescent it was uh obviously lots going on at that point in your life so but after after that national championship you know i had had the jersey and had a little bit of notoriety from it very minimal but a little bit of course it's collegiate nationals it's something um weren't you on the cover of uh, espn the magazine <laughs> yeah that, that's or sports illustrated or something yeah i had everybody back in town asking for my autograph and yep. stuff it was yeah <laughs> uh you know that. So after that, after that happened, uh, Eric Eric Hill, Project Project Echelon uh, general manager and, and founder, uh, started recruiting me pretty heavily. Um, and you know there was, I think for one season I declined, and then the following season I, I finally gave in to him. He was pretty relentless. Um, but back in the day, it was funny. You know, we believe it or not, Project Echelon used to be kind of a. I wouldn't say laughing stock, but they used to be a little bit of a, a funny organization. I think a lot of us viewed them as, you know, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. There was a lot of, uh, you know, cost-cutting measures and, 